It's only a matter of time before money problems emerge in any relationship, and the relationship between restoration business and customers is no exception. My name is Travis Parker Martin, and I'm the co-author of Delivering Five-Star Restoration Experiences and the Vice President of Product and Marketing and Know-How. In today's episode, we dive deep into a problem that was mentioned in almost 20% of the 1,000 bad reviews we analyzed in the restoration industry, customers feeling overcharged. We'll look at the three contributing factors that led to customers feeling they were being gouged and hear from Phil Rosebrook, partner of Business Mentors, on how businesses can mitigate these problems before they happen. Additionally, we'll hear the words from actual customers writing actual reviews on Google. We've hired professional actors to read the real reviews we pulled during our analysis, though we've removed any references to the business or employee to protect anonymity. Without further ado, here's episode three of the Delivering Five Star Restoration Experiences podcast, Feeling Overcharged. The next most common issue that came up in our analysis were issues related to value received versus paid for. While price is almost always a sticking point, regardless of industry, theoretically, one might imagine it would be less of a factor when insurance is covering all, or at least a portion, of the cost. However, as we'll see, customer frustrations typically had less to do with price and were centered instead around perceived value. In this sense, the actual amount paid out of pocket was less relevant because objections listed tended to be more principled in nature as opposed to nickel and diming about the final price. Yet when all was said and done, regardless of the underlying motivation, over 20% of the complaints we analyzed mentioned the feeling of being overcharged. Of those, 68% of the time, it was a primary issue that was cited in the review, clearly leaving an impression with the customer that mired their view of the entire project. An additional factor at play throughout reviews in this category was the suspicion of insurance fraud that existed below the surface in many reviews. In many situations, customers told stories of estimators who were intentionally vague about what repairs would or would not be covered, or technicians who would purposefully drag out the length of a job. Compounding this, Some businesses hid aggressive interest rates in the fine print of their service agreements, which they used to put pressure on the customers if they did not pay up fast enough. Clearly, a feeling of trust did not exist, which led to customers being suspicious of the pricing they received. Typically, complaints in this category stem from three primary issues. Surprise or hidden charges on a final invoice, disparities between work expected and work conducted, and dishonest representation of labor or materials provided. We'll take a deeper dive into all three of these categories and unpack the common themes and failure points that led to the poor customer review, starting with surprise charges. It's no surprise that an industry subject to delays, overages, and setbacks commonly sees customers complain about their final invoice not reflecting initial expectations. Yet, with so many businesses demonstrating a startling lack of transparency around their billing, many of the complaints issued were more than reasonable, 
and customers were right to be shocked when being thrown curveballs on their final invoice. Combine this with aggressive tactics often employed by the company to demand payment, and customers had plenty of ammunition to bring to their one-star Google reviews. Many customers told stories of businesses that would quote one cost during the estimating phase, secure the contract, and then issue a final invoice two or three times that amount once the job was completed, without any warning. So they pulled some carpet and padding, and they put up some plastic. And it was about three, three and a half hours. Later, they sent me a text, a text, that said I owed them $1,780. No invoice, no explanation of why one man in less than four hours cost almost $1,800. Just a text saying I owed them. So I asked for a detailed invoice. He said he would have to take it up with his accounting department. I'm sorry, what? So I waited for a bill, nothing. Next thing I know, I'm getting a letter from their lawyer saying they're sending me to collections. That was literally the first piece of paper these people have ever sent me. When customers would try to prevent this by requesting itemized quotes or invoices, businesses would be evasive, preferring to bill in a lump sum without a detailed breakdown of how they got to the price they arrived at. Typically, when pressed by customers to explain their billing, the company would simply move them over to collections, threatening legal repercussions or filing a lien on the house when they realized they weren't going to get their money easily. In other cases, businesses would take advantage of a customer's ignorance of the insurance process, combined with their fear, anxiety, and stress, to misrepresent what would be covered by insurance, to pressure them into a quick decision. These customers were told that they wouldn't have to cover any costs personally, and it was more important to begin the remediation process. Trusting the experts, customers followed their instruction, only to be told days or weeks into a project that insurance actually wouldn't cover their expenses, and they would be on the hook themselves. We had a sewage backup and flooding in our building, and unfortunately called this company. They repeatedly said insurance would cover the damage without knowing if it actually would. It didn't. They did not give any estimation of cost to perform the work necessary, and I had to ask several times before I saw any type of cost estimate. They were at our building for less than 24 hours, and we got a bill for $20,000. Occasionally, after significant complaining, the restoration company would relent and cut the price by 30 to 40 percent. But in other examples, Customers were just handed off to collections for payment. Disparities between work expected and conducted. The most common issue that arose in this category, however, was not customers being subject to exorbitantly high bills, but instead customers feeling like they got ripped off, agreeing to pay a certain amount, only to observe very little work actually being done. In this case, the complaint wasn't centered around a price being too high, but instead around the amount of work observed not being reflective of the price in the customer's eyes. This was surprisingly prevalent throughout our analysis, with many customers taking to Google reviews to complain about workers being on site for less than an hour, or just dropping off equipment and leaving. This led to suspicion over the true cost of what they were paying for, trying to reverse engineer margins in their head 
and then feeling like they were being overcharged for the services provided. This company is a complete ripoff. Charged me $5,000 plus for an hour's worth of work providing electric portable heaters and blankets. Just beware, they won't give a written estimate on the work and will just send you this lump sum bill. Do not deal with this company. Vague quotes that didn't break down into detail the costs of materials and labor only compounded customer suspicions, forcing them to come to their own conclusions about what they were actually paying for. The easy response to this is that most customers are not experts in the restoration industry and will, hopefully, be in a situation where they need restoration services only a few times in their life. Without knowledge of the industry or familiarity with labor costs, they are stuck trusting the prices given to them by their estimators, without context of the costs of delivering the quoted service. When this blind faith was combined with what appeared to be a relatively simple restoration job, customers were often left wondering if they were being taken advantage of. In a few examples that appeared throughout our analysis, the pricing a customer complained about would likely hold up quite well to scrutiny when accounting for labor, materials, fixed costs, and etc. Unfortunately, however, in many cases, estimators clearly benefited from the customers not having a proper frame of reference for what the cost of a restoration job should be and used that to inflate the price. This short-sighted tactic for short-term gain created major long-term pain for the offending restorers. Being a five-star restorer requires a long-term commitment and a steady hand when temptation arises to exploit a customer. Most importantly, the sad reality is that whether the price was justified or not is irrelevant in Google's algorithm. A frustrated customer is a frustrated customer. And a customer irrationally upset can do the same amount of damage to a business's ranking online as a customer rationally upset. Thankfully, this is no reason to throw your hands up in helplessness. There are plenty of opportunities to prevent one-star reviews of this nature before they happen. We'll come back to this in our Lessons Learned. Dishonest Representation of Materials or Labor Sadly, this issue was far more common than it should be in the industry today. While complaining about the price of a job, customers told stories of costs that were clearly inflated, companies padding the time billed, weird or suspicious line items, and materials and equipment left at job sites for days or weeks longer than necessary, only to bill insurance for use of these materials and equipment later. Another common issue was businesses rounding up liberally when charging for time, contractors taking exorbitantly long lunch breaks, or two or three contractors showing up, but only one doing work, yet the invoice stating charged labor for all three. So they thought we were filing a claim with our homeowner's insurance, so they decided to bill for all sorts of bogus items, like charging us $104 a day to run a non-working machine, have 10 pairs of disposable gloves, and six pairs of boots. Wow, one hour of work for two guys really required all of that? Hopefully, they will be able to improve their honesty and their quality of work in the future. Occasionally, customers would voice their suspicions or doubts, but doing so quickly triggered an aggressive anti-insurance stance from the business that from their perspective, seemed to justify their dishonesty. 
believing that insurance companies were out to screw them, in their mind, gave them permission to overstate the size of the rooms they were restoring, the amount of debris they were removing, and add extra equipment to their bill. Honesty violations like this, both big and small, understandably eroded the trust many customers had in these businesses and fractured their relationship with insurance. When a company is defensive towards insurance and willing to blur ethical lines, they have a difficult time convincing customers they operate with integrity and are likely to make more enemies than allies over the long term. Beware! Do not use this company! On Sunday, I noticed that there was water damage in my basement coming from the window well. When I inquired about cost, I was told that I'd only have to pay my insurance deductible. He told me at that time that if I got him a claim number, that they would work with the insurance company. A little over an hour later, some employees came and went downstairs without ever speaking to anyone. They ripped up our flooring in probably more rooms than needed and placed about 20 fans around the rooms. They left, and that was it. On Tuesday, our account manager came over with a book. Delay, Deny, Defend. All about how evil insurance companies are. He gave me the book and told me that I'd probably have problems with the insurance company, but they are required by law to pay the full price of services. He explained that the insurance company would tell me that they overcharged and would only pay a portion. I told him I was concerned now with everything he told me. He shrugged his shoulders and told me I probably would have to fight the insurance company. He asked me about the cleanup and requested I put a positive review up for them. I didn't as I was concerned as to what he was telling me about the insurance and the audacity to give me such a book. The insurance company denied my claim, and soon after that I received a threatening email demanding payment of nearly $10,000. I was shocked as this was not the agreement or what was communicated. I called their office and was just told about how horrible the insurance companies are. Lessons for a five-star restorer. Similar to previous issues we've seen, of all the failure points mentioned in this category, very few of them are outside of your control as a business owner or a manager. From overages to shady pricing tactics, customers rarely expressed genuine disagreement for the cost of goods or services provided. Instead, it was a feeling of being deceived or manipulated that led to their one-star review. It's been said that frustration is the distance between expectations and reality, and nowhere in our research was that more clearly on display than when it came to pricing. This means that the biggest impact you can have in this category is to correctly manage expectations. Do this properly, and most customers will be, at worst, disappointed when the price is higher than expected but hopefully understanding. However, our study shows that failure to do this leads to sticker shock, the feeling of being manipulated, and distrust of the entire process, which is unlikely to lead to a positive experience for either party. What does managing expectations well look like tangibly? It starts with providing transparent pricing to your customers, at the beginning and throughout the restoration job. Breaking down material and labor costs for customers allows them to understand why the costs are what they are and disarms opposition they might have about how you arrived at that number. There will always be curveballs on complex projects, but it can be assumed that, 
after experiencing significant trauma, such as fire, flood, or a natural disaster, your customers may not be at their most rational. As a result, the onus is on you to over-communicate with customers as your project comes together, keeping them in the loop as delays happen and costs increase. Explaining why you'll need to charge them higher than agreed upon is never an easy conversation, but it's far less damaging than a scathing Google review and a complaint to the Better Business Bureau because a customer feels blindsided by an overage. In an attempt to preempt conflicts with insurance, some businesses would warn customers about pushback before the process even began, hoping to win the customer over ahead of time. This is unwise and is a classic example of biting the hand that feeds you. The vast majority of consumers will do business with whoever their insurance adjuster recommends. Actively recruiting customers to be mercenaries in the insurance versus restoration war leads to frustrating experience for both your customer and the insurance provider, both of whom you need to advocate for you to secure future work. You want to shape the experience of your customer as much as possible and give them little reason to hop on the phone with insurance. Stoking an adversarial relationship between a client and their insurance provider does the opposite, giving them reason to believe that either you or their insurance agency is not to be trusted. As much as making the insurance provider out to be the villain in the project may appear to position you on higher ground, our research shows that this is short-sighted and will bite you in the butt in the long run. The best way to avoid ending up in this category, though, is also the most obvious. Be ethical. According to Phil Rosebrook, owner of Business Mentors and a 30-year veteran of the industry, the money you make in the short term is not worth the price of your integrity and will eventually come back to haunt you anyway. Contractors that include unnecessary items or items that will not be completed are causing damage to their personal integrity, their company, and the industry, Phil notes. It is essential that all listed items are completed, and if the price is not appropriate, then either increase the price or stop working for that client. Long-term success requires that contractors understand their costs and take credit for the quality work completed. If the work needs to be completed, then include the items on the estimate, and if they are not necessary, then leave them off. Failure to follow these steps will eventually backfire and result in lack of payment or removal from programs or approved vendor lists. In short, don't take advantage of customers in an emotional state with no frame of reference of what an appropriate or inappropriate price for your services are. Don't lead them to believe that insurance will cover something if you're not 100% certain. Don't pad your material or labor costs and justify it because insurance is trying to screw you anyways. As a manager or leader, you are responsible for the integrity of your business. The buck stops with you. In an era of Google reviews and hyper-connectedness, the consequences of shaky ethics are too great. In addition to complaining on Google, many customers filed complaints with a Better Business Bureau, advocated for blacklisting from insurance providers, or even reached out to the Attorney General and filed lawsuits. Chasing higher margins at the cost of your business's integrity always ends up backfiring. 
And these Google reviews are just a small example of that. It's no doubt that customers feeling overcharged is a substantial issue in the restoration industry. So much so that 20% of the 1,000 bad reviews we analyzed cited pricing conflicts as the main reason behind their poor review. It's vital that businesses are able to properly communicate what pricing will look like with their customers from day one and are honest about their billing practices to succeed in this industry. Don't forget to tune in next time to the 5 Star Restore podcast, where we'll be discussing the top reasons for delays on restoration projects. If you want to download the full ebook for free, you can do so at 5starrestore.com. That's F-I-V-E restore.com. This episode was produced and edited by Travis Martin and Corbin Smith. Thanks to Ivan Busenius. Jason Melnichuk, and Candace Washington for their talented reading of our book, Delivering Five-Star Restoration Experiences, an analysis of 1,000 bad reviews in the restoration industry. I'm your host, Travis Parker Martin, and we'll see you next time.